On this episode of Geek 4, I'm thrilled to welcome Megan Phillips. Megan is an incredibly talented writer-performer based in Vancouver. She's done a number of Fringe shows and one-woman shows. She's won awards for them. And she's currently touring a musical version of The Office, uh, which we talk about near the end of the show. Uh, she's touring across Canada. So if you get a chance, check it out. She was also the co-facilitator of the solo show writing course that I did in January. And one day she talked about her love of Grease and Grease 2, the films, and how she's working on a show based on her love of those, those two films. And I knew I had to have her on, and she was incredibly generous with her time. She's smart, she's funny, and I think you're going to really like this conversation. This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something. But what are you a geek for? Oh, hi! Hey, welcome to Geek Four. It's nice to have you here. Hi. Thanks for having me. So we're going to talk about your love of Greece, the Greece franchise, because it is an ever-expanding multiverse now, I have learned, mm. that there's this Pink Lady prequel coming out. Yeah, I'm really excited. I I'm sure yeah. you are. I like. I'm fascinated by people who love Greece, like it, it is it is one of those films that like i've definitely seen lots of times i don't have like the the script memorized like some people do but i'm curious like how did you how did young megan discover this movie these movies greece one and greece two? <laughs> you know what's so funny is um i forgot how much i loved greece like as an adult it's something i think i've just like totally blacked out of my existence out of my mind like it's it's really not something that I've thought about and even though there's been so much that's come out recently on the Greece multiverse it's like not even until the beginning of this year that I really started to be like oh I really loved Greece <laughs> <laughs> and like okay you know how when you're a kid and you just do things and you're like, everyone does this, right? Yes. So for me, one of those everyone does this things was I uh, I used to have like marathons where I would play Greece and then Greece 2 and then Greece and then Greece 2 and then Greece and then Greece 2, like over and over and over back to back for like two full, like a full weekend at a time Wow! for like weekends in a row. I know. And I just, it's only recently that I've just been like, Oh, other people don't do <laughs> that. That's actually a, a, a weird thing to do. Huh? Huh? That might be something to look at. It might be, that might be something to explore. <laughs> Uh, to get yeah. in, to get to the bottom of what what yeah. was it this obsessive need to rewatch this pastiche fifties musical weird so, thing? Michael, it's so bad. Like, and then Greece too. Like, if I if my love for Greece is like a Ferrari, my love for Greece too is like a Tesla that flies. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like a Tesla that flies, but like the grease car at the end of Greece. But you like know? the grease car at the end of Greece. <laughs> yeah, yes. they fly yes. up into the yes. like a grease lightning Tesla. 
Yeah, and it's like, and it gets exponentially worse by Greece too. Oh yeah, no, even people in Greece too hate Greece too. Like I know. Oh my has, god. Yeah, like Michelle Pfeiffer's like, I'd never want to see that again. The the thing that I feel yeah. Greece too did was introduce the world to um, uh, Maxwell bad Caulfield. musicals. No, oh, bad. Maxwell Caulfield because then that brings him to Empire Records, and he's amazing in that. But. Yeah, although he he said that, um, like, in my research to write this show, I've done um, quite a bit of research into Greece too. And uh, Maxwell Caulfield has been quoted as saying Greece was the Greece two was the worst decision he ever made, because he's like, well, Michelle Pfeiffer's career only rose; his career like only tanked yes. because he was on an upward spiral with like Broadway and all this stuff, and they. They hired him out of like all of these guys because, um, you know, because he was this rising star and this big name. And they were like, oh, he's English. We'll just, you know, make him English and call him Sandy's cousin. Because, you know, as long as you have an accent, Australian and British, and that Inter makes sense. Interchangeable. Interchangeable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All, all people with accents are related is what we can That's learn from That's exactly Greece. what we've learned from Greece. That was true in the 1950s. Yeah. So you mentioned the show that you're working on. Um, mm. So do you want to get into that? Yeah, uh, let's do so it. I'm so curious about this. You mentioned it. So we know we have met each other now because you were the co-facilitator of the solo writing uh, workshop thing that I did. And I loved it. And I had so much fun. And you and I got to connect a couple times. And I was fascinated by this idea that you have of a show about your love of Greece. So mm. like this, again, things that people don't do is write shows about the things that they love. Typically, this mm. is unique. Mm. This is unique. So what, what has inspired you to consider creating a one woman show mm. about your love of Greece? Great question. You have good questions. Have you ever considered interviewing people <laughs> on a podcast, Michael Boyce? I have. I have. I, I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. But... Give it some serious consideration yeah. because you might be good at this. <laughs> I might be. One day. Um, <laughs> a girl can dream. Um, uh, okay. So I, I've really come to... So what we need to just get out of the way is... Can I, can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Okay. Because I can always, I've learned how to like tone it. I, I have a bit of a sensor now. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I've, so pardon my French, but one thing that we just need to get out of the way is that I am woo-woo as fuck. Okay. So just like, we just need to like know that point blank moving forward. So we'll take that as I, red. We'll go forward. Great. Great. You yeah. can just uh, brand that. On me, um, is uh, I've just really come to trust that there is, um, you know, what uh, uh, Stephen Pressfield, writer of The War of Art, um, and also actually uh, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this a lot of like um, the term inspiration, mm -hmm. of like inspiration as a being, as this like entity that just lives in this next dimension. And there's just this woo-woo element to creativity where the more clear my channel gets as an artist, the more I kind of tune into the vibration of what's been hanging around the whole time mm -hmm. and like what I'm ready for. And 
that's what taps me on the shoulder and tells me what's up. So I might have like, I, Megan might have these like really great ideas of what I think my next creative project is going to be. And then 95 to 99% of the time I'll get told (laughs) differently. (laughs) Oh, universe. You fickle uh, mistress. Yeah, you, fickle you mistress. saucy minx. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like what I thought in Megan's grand design originally was, um, you know, that the larger element of the story is I, uh, I toured solo shows on the fringe circuit for about seven years. Uh, sorry, my window is apparently banging. I apologize for that. Okay. Um, I, uh, I toured on the fringe circuit for seven years with solo shows, um, uh, group shows, circuit, like uh, whatever. It was on the circuit. I did that a lot. And then I took about five years off. Let's see, 2017. Not in 2023. That's eight, right? Mm -hmm. 18, nine. Yeah, that's eight years. (laughs) I'm good at math. It's fine. (laughs) Um, You don't have to be good at math when you're pretty. Am I right? Um, (laughs) That's I wouldn't what we know. Learned. I'm not good at math. And I'm not good at math. You know, I'm Actually, st- neither am I. So I'm, you're no stop that. Stop it. Stop it. Um. So eight years uh, of not touring, and so when I stopped touring to focus on my healing, I had a vision of what I wanted my like next show to be when I got back on the circuit, and I was just really clear it was going to be a show called Megan's Making It. And it was just going to be this massive showcase about myself and this kind of stepping out into the world of, of flourishing and joy and reclamation. And it was all about the creative process between um, uh, creating and uh, uh, like a, a process versus product, you know, mm. just a set of musings of comedic songs. And it was just really like, very expansive showcase that would just um, be really great. Mm-hmm. So over the past eight years, every time I've sat down to write that show and t- t- to, to my credit, I have written little tidbits like it's coming piecemeal and that show will be made. I mm-hmm. feel that very clearly, but every time I go to write that show, I go to write it. I write a tiny little tidbit and then something else pours out of me and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I really want to write my like magnum, magnum opus. That's what it's called, right? Magnum, magnum opus. opus. Yep. Magnum opus. I really, I was like, magni opi? That's probably <laughs> not right. I really want to write my magpie opening. Magpie opening. Magni opening. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but like all of these shows kept coming through me. So, <laughs> so basically, um, as I went to write that, then there was this next show that came out of me last year called uh, Rescue Me which was all about um, surfacing memories of childhood abuse um, uh, and uh, coming to believe myself in those memories. Um, And, uh, and that was not a fun one to write. And that one's still in progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I sat down and then I was like, okay, that show I've got not fully, but I've got like the bare bones of that show out of my belt. Now I can sit down and write Megan's making it. (laughs) And the second I sat down to write Megan's making it, the universe was like, ah, this one's about your love of Greece. And I was like, ah, I'm sorry, say what now? <laughs> yes. So the universe whispered in your ear, Greece yeah. is the word. More like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everyone's process. Yes. Is basically. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. standard process of how you come to write a show. That's <laughs> how the, it came about. The universe whips you around, mm-hmm. creates a complete 180, and forces you to write about a 50s musical. <laughs> Uh, 1970s, 50s musical. A 1970s, yeah. 50s nostalgia musical filled with misogyny, rape cultures, smoking, <laughs> white people, um, racism. Yeah, abortions, all of it. It's yeah. all there. It's all there. Yeah. It's a deeply complicated story that I don't think people necessarily know how maybe inappropriate for children it is, but, you know. it's Yeah. As a child, I had no idea how inappropriate for children it was. And I've been re-watching it in research. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's pretty... How did my parents let me watch this once, let alone fucking marathons, <laughs> to get it imprinted in my DNA? <laughs> um, you know there's a real problem in your parenting when. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here, sit down and watch this over and yeah, over. Seems and like over. a good wholesome, yeah. a real pussy wagon. Yeah. Sounds like a great line for an exactly. eight-year-old to absorb. Exactly. And the message that as a as a pretty blonde girl, you should change yourself for a guy. There you go. There you go. That's the rule. That's yeah. Works for me. Um, So, like, let's go back to like young Megan watching these these movies back to back to back to back. Etc. So what is it? what is it that fascinates you? Like, what is it that that's drawing you back to like put the, to, to rewind the VHS tape mm. or you're probably young enough. It was a DVD. Um, no, it was VHS for oh, sure. Wow. Hardcore VHS. Yeah. Wow. Um, what is it that, that that's appealing to you? Is it just the music? Is it the, the costumes? Is it the, the actors? That is such a good question. Uh, because it's not something that I had even thought about until like the past three weeks as I've been rewatching it. And, um, you know, I, I think you were there actually when uh, I was asked that question by someone who has since become my dramaturge of the show um, because she has such good questions. I was like, let me pay you money to ask me more questions. <laughs> I'm going to keep working on asking better questions and people will pay me money to do it. Oh, a hundred percent. Are you kidding? Yeah. Are you, yes. That, yeah. Um, do that. Um, yeah. It was, uh, was, she asked me that and she kind of dropped me deeper until I finally got to a place where what I realized, and of course I can only realize with the, this, with the adult perspective that I have now, knowing everything in context, which I did not know at the time mm-hmm. with my child brain um, and, you know, the, the um, life occurrences that have uh, proceeded since is uh, that Greece and, and then following quickly after Greece too, brought me a sense of safety. They created this sense of heightened reality uh, where everybody, like there were happy ending, happy ever afters, cars flew, you know, even though people were mean to each other, they all made up in the end and they were happy at the end. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and I mean, everyone sang, Michael, they created a world where everybody sang. You just like, 
you could get mean, you could have as much pain and trauma because what I've realized now is not only was I, you know, having a lot of horrific bullying and, you know, this, that, and the other in the daytime, but I've since come to realize that there's been all of this, um, uh, there was a, some real darkness that was happening um, in my childhood home and at night that uh, my childhood brain had to completely cancel out. It had to completely repress those memories. So even though I did not consciously know what was going on, mm-hmm. um, there was some really awful abuse that was happening in the evenings. And so Greece and Greece too created this like beautiful world of fantasy and joy mm-hmm. And really that like squeaky clean, like 50s, 60s image that our culture worked really, really hard, um, like this nostalgia mm-hmm. um, that they made, you know, this post-war nostalgia that they made where they were like, okay, the war's over. Everybody's happy now. We're perfect. It's great. Everything's fine. White you know, women are back in the kitchen. It's it's <laughs> fine. You know, poodle skirts. Don't wear a poodle skirt. Don't wear pants. Gross. Yeah. You know? Um. So, yeah, I think that's what it was. That's really that's really interesting that that mm. in in these films you found the sense of safety and comfort. Um I like I just I I think that's so worth exploring more i know like mm. i emailed you it was like such a, a scared email to write like i'm like i don't know if i have the right to say anything and i'm like this is worth exploring because i think that that's not uncommon maybe like maybe not to the degree that you're talking about or maybe clearly not with greece not everyone you know finds comfort in greece but i think there are people who seek that kind of safety in things like movies and tv and and, and books and whatever in part to respond to things, the uncontrollable things that are going on mm-hmm. in their lives. Like that's, you know. You know, it, it's funny that we're talking about this because I, I just had a conversation with my director last night. <clears throat> Shout out Christina Agosti. Um, also lives in Toronto, fun fact. Hey. Hey. Um, <clears throat> and I, as I was telling her about this, we were jamming on the idea of, uh, of whimsy. Of how Greece and Greece too, they just like, despite their blatant racism, misogyny, and rape culture, yes. um, it, there's still this like idea of whimsy. Mm-hmm. And maybe not everybody is a Greece fan, but there's a reason that there's this big Greece zeitgeist happening right now. Yeah. Like it may not everybody, but there's a lot of people who liked Greece. And either consciously or subconsciously, probably for a lot of the similar reasons that I do. Yeah. Maybe not to the extent that it was for me. But, I mean, if there's anybody else out there who watched marathons of Greece and Greece 2 back to back, please. Please <laughs> let's hashtag have Greece, Greece marathon. Let's, <laughs> yeah. Let's connect. Greece, Greece 2 marathon. Yeah. Let's connect. Yeah. Um, uh, please let me meet you. May I not be the only one? <laughs> I had a life, I swear. Um, It also involved going to Max Milk and buying ice cream. Okay, Michael? Um, I I know. I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) That I can relate to. Um, Anyway, so there's there's just this... um, We were talking about this idea of whimsy. Mm. And one of the things in this show that I am uh, really excited about consciously creating is 
a, a safe place. So in my show, when I perform this show, my goal is to create this safe space of joy mm. where we can all experience whimsy together, you know, and not from a place of disassociation necessarily, because mm -hmm. I'm just not capable of doing that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Part of the reasons you either like me or, you know, um, but, uh, but from, from a place of like, it's not that we're invalidating what's happening mm. out in that like crazy wackadoodle world out there. It's just that, like, if we focus on that all the time, what's the freaking point, man? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we might as well end it. Like, what, there must be, there must be an optimism and a joy, or else we just wouldn't keep doing this, you know. And that must be the thing that wins. Mm -hmm. It must be. Yeah. So I... it's just like, how do we make more of that without, you know, discounting what what else is happening? And in a weird way, like because of the deeply problematic elements of Greece that most people have completely missed or, or, or forgotten or whatever, everyone remembers, you know, summer nights, everyone remembers <laughs> Greece lightning. Um, maybe it's the perfect, perfect vehicle for you to do this show about that very thing, because mm. it has the darkness and the whimsy kind of hand in hand. Mm. Oh, good one. Yeah, look at you. Me. are a dramaturg, Michael <laughs> Boyce. There. I hate I'm... to say it to you. Mm. You are. People yeah. pay money for Michael Boyce to ask you questions. <laughs> yes. You heard it from me. Yes, yes. Give him your money. Yes, please. Please give me your money. <laughs> so, like, what, how, how long do you think until this show is ready? Well, I can tell you for sure, it will have to be ready by July 17th, 2023, because I am performing it at Winnipeg Fringe, awesome. my friends. Good. I have lots of listeners in Winnipeg. And Yay! yes, uh, having lived there for 20 years. Yay! Um, so I, I, I encourage them all to go and see the show and enjoy the whimsy. Are you like, is it, are you going to do full sing along stuff? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> there are songs. There will be projection. Audience participation? Um, you betcha. Uh, yeah, you betcha. Only by stuff. consent, though. Oh, that's non-consensual audience participation is painful for everybody involved. Did I, did, <laughs> did I tell you the story of my of my one? Like, I, so for, for listeners who don't know, like I fringed pretty hard for 20 years uh, in Winnipeg. Like, you know, there were years where I was seeing 30, 35 shows a summer and I largely escaped unscathed in terms of audience participation. And <clears throat> I went to see a show and I can't even remember how I got that. Like the um, Chloe and Jessica who are mind of a snail. I was, I was, I went to a show with them and the two who did a show called space pig. Um, oh yeah so the the five of us went to a show together and i didn't know them particularly well we just kind of a friend a friend of mine worked with jessica um in vancouver and we're sitting in the front row to and it was a uh, uh glitter glizzard i want to say is the name of the company two very funny women and who did they pick from the row of five <laughs> the non-performer the non-fringe person and it was not the worst painful experience in the world, but 
it was like, seriously, there's four very talented people right here that you probably know not to ask. But anyway. Ugh, can I make an annoying bossy statement? Sure, go ahead. That comes from a teacher place. <laughs> yes, of course. And you can edit this out if you sure. need to. <laughs> sure. Is I wonder if using that non-performer tag is a cop out. For me, and oh, I absolutely. yeah, for you, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if that's an identity thing that you may may be helpful to revisit and start to like work change your self talk around. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. I'm just gonna plant that seed and be okay. bossy, and All then right, and right, then right. stop being a teacher and move on. No, that's fine. That's fine. You're a great teacher, and I really appreciate your feedback. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you you I think are making making whatever I'm writing better. So thank you. Um. Are you up for some fast four? Some quick Let's back do and it. forth? All right. Let's do it. Megan, do you see yourself as a pink lady or a tomboy Thunderbird? Oh, pink lady. What's something new that you're becoming a big fan of? Mm. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. Book, movie, radio show? I've started listening to the audiobook. Nice. Read by Stephen Fry. Oh, man, yeah. I'd, listen, I'd listen to Stephen Fry read anything. I have a. Yeah, and he's doing it in like proper posh accent too. Like, mwah. I love Stephen Fry. What is the geekiest thing you own? Oh, a metronome. Pretty geeky. You had carte blanche to come up with your very own Grease project sequel, prequel, reboot, whatever. What story are you telling? Hmm. Uh, probably um, a pink lady uh, just um, going on a activism feminist strain that um, gender is a construct. Pink lady and second wave feminism. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Where can a non-binary you... pink lady? A non-binary. <laughs> yeah. A binary... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Perfect. Perfect. Um, uh, what do you got going on? You got, you, you're touring around and you're, you're going to be at fringe festivals in the summer. So what do you know that people can come and support you wherever you are? Yeah. Okay. So at the moment I am in Edmonton, um, doing a musical parody of the office with jubilations dinner theater. And then we will be in Winnipeg, uh, from April to July doing at celebrations. Uh, so those are real, and the show's really good. I wouldn't be plugging the show if I didn't genuinely think it was worth people's time. <laughs> um, because I have been part of shows that have not been part of people's time. <laughs> um, and the food's pretty good too. Excellent. Uh, so there's that. And then I will be doing, um, we're likely going to be doing a reading and probably a preview of the Grease show, which is working title at the moment is Grease comma two exclamation mark. So like T-O-O. -O. Mm -hmm. So it's like Grease two. Um, that will be rehearsing in Toronto. So we'll probably be doing a reading and a preview in Toronto. Mm. Um, so uh, people can do that and they can also, I'll, I am actively committing to telling people on social media and my mailing list. That's part of my strategy this year. So people can sign up on my mailing list, um, which should be available on my website, meganphillips.com, um, or they can find me on social media. Uh, 
And then I will be doing Winnipeg Fringe, Edmonton Fringe, and Vancouver Fringe with The Grease Show. Awesome. Well, let me know when you're in Toronto and I will come. Thank you. And ask really good questions. Yeah, you will. That's what I do. Yeah, you will. Well, that's the whole point of a preview. So <laughs> I really hope you're there because I'll want you to ask questions at the end. Excellent. Of a excellent. I'll, I'll prepare and everything. Yes. Um, thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. You're delight. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. If you ever want to come back and talk about anything else you're a geek for, I'm happy to do it. Right. For what you wish for. Horses. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for. <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is, right?